This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so we, we got our one of our first big names that is slated to be cut. Some of these cuts are going to happen closer to the start of free agency just because how the cap works administratively. But with this we know. The Miami Dolphins are a team that is way over the cap right now. Way over the cap. And so they're going to have to rework guys. They're going to have to cut guys. And it looks like Xavier Howard is going to end up being a cap casualty. Xavier Howard, at, at one time, one of the top cornerbacks in all of football. Houston guy, Baylor guy, 31 years old now. So he's older. He's been injured. Um, there's reasons why he's ultimately only going to make it two years into this five-year deal. So it looks like he'll be out there. And relevant to the Texans because reportedly, according to DJ Bienname of ESPN.com, Xavier Howard wants to be a Houston Texan. Oh. Do the Houston Texans want Xavier Howard to be a Houston Texan? Well, at least a few of them um, have takes on this. Derek Stingley Jr., who I guess if Xavier Howard were to come here, would line up on the opposite side at corner. Derek Stingley Jr. on Friday evening tweeted 24. And 21 with a lock next to it. I should point out here, 21 is not Xavier Howard's jersey number. He's 25. 21 is Steven Nelson's jersey number. So this would, mm. I'm to interpret this, Seth. <laughs> you this, think this is direct? You think this is in response to, to the Xavier Howard smoke? When did he do it? When did he post this? 6.41 p.m. on Friday night. And this was on Twitter? On Twitter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking. He, at you know, he doesn't go on Twitter a lot. He does not. He doesn't like the toxicity of it. No, I think, and usually he has somebody manages Twitter for him. He likes. He said that he likes Instagram because it's a little bit more laid back and just more about positivity. That's right. So for him, he knows he's going on the more polarizing website and, and doing this on Friday night on the. Okay, this is interesting. Almost two hours to the minute, Stanley yeah. tweeted twenty four. And 21, seemingly sticking up for Steven Nelson, almost two hours to the minute after his teammate, team captain Laramie Tunsil, tweeted Howard and Stingley with the 
emoji, the face emoji with like the smoke coming out of the nostrils. Oh, like you're a like you're a snorting bull or yeah, something. Yeah, as like, if you're to just say, ready like, to go. Or Howard something. and Stingley would take over the NFL. Yeah. What's Laramie doing? I think Laramie's he's nonsensical enough on his X.com, I think, and he just kind of usually doesn't. He doesn't usually ever try to make a big serious point or anything, I don't think, uh, that I don't think people read too much into it. But it is a little bit of that. Like, uh, I don't know, man. Derek Stingley might see that and be like, hey, man, just like what? What's, or not Derek Stingley, uh, Steven Nelson might see that. I'm like, all right, is it, do you have to be that? I know, I know you were teammates with Xavier and Howard and all, but uh, I am. I'm standing right here. Yeah. I'm right here. Right. I can see. What if they were, I what if they were actually, you. yeah, what if they were actually at a cookout together or something and he had done that? Oh, right next to him and then showed it <laughs> yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do we know if Steven Nelson unfollowed Laramie Tunsil? God, I don't know. I'm not in that world. I'm not in that world. <laughs> I do. Honestly, I, when you first brought up the Derek Singley tweeting this out or posting this out on X, I didn't really think that much of it. But then I remembered that Stingley does not like to go on, on Twitter a bunch. And, you know, part of that was when, when he was uh, posting stuff about him going to the Pro Bowl and everything, somebody pointed out, like, well, okay, his publicist or somebody else is probably doing mm-hmm. that, which mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I feel like him consciously <laughs> going to the more combative, argumentative platform and putting that there means he feels very strongly about it. Can this. you imagine if his publicist was the one that tweeted this out? 24 yeah. and 21 with a lock oh, next yeah, to it? yeah, maybe it is just randomly or something. Yeah. You know what I think, Derek? Maybe a picture of a dead dolphin next to like the next post. Just randomly a dead dolphin. Xavier and Howard's face photoshopped <laughs> on it. Tuna caught up in a, oh. in, a, in a net, yeah. John Grenard weighed in. Um, he replied to Stingley's tweet that I'm interpreting as being pro Steven Nelson. Yeah. Bernard tweeted this and has since deleted it, but it was screen grab because the internet never forgets. Uh, yeah, Sting. People love shiny new toys till they don't. 21 just showed y'all what's up and mm. still gets treated like he mid. Crying laughing emojis with Jonathan yeah. Grenard there. Um, who would you rather have, Steven Nelson or Xavier Howard? I think Steven Nelson at last year's salary... Uh, yeah, the price I, I is think right. The problem, yeah. the pro, both with Steven Nelson and Xavier Howard, the problem is going to be, I think both of them think they're worth more than they probably are. Xavier Howard's ceiling is a lot higher on that because he had been a premier player. These last couple of years, he has not been a premier player, but he's also been banged up and injured. So that's the big question is, is somebody out there, are they going to look at a, he'll be 31 years old this year. Are they going to look at a guy who's going to be 31 years old and has had a couple of really bad injury riddled seasons mm-hmm. that sh- and, th- and that showed up on the field. Uh, are they going to really give him the money that he thinks he's worth? And I, I don't think they will. So if he wants to be here and he's cool, like he's not going to, I mean, Steven Nelson just made a big stink about being underpaid going into this last season. Yeah. And now he's out there on the free agency market. I almost feel like the Texans, I don't think, I don't think the Texans can or should sign Steven Nelson unless he also tests free agency. Cause I think it's going to be that classic example of, all right, unless he gets a really good feel for exactly what his market is, he's always going to feel like he got screwed over. Like he's just, he's, he's, based on last year, it feels like he's wired that way. Um, so I just don't want to, I don't want to mess with it. I would go ahead and let it play out in free agency. Let the other 31 teams be the bad cop. Yeah. Steven yeah. Nelson, right? Yeah. Like, look, yeah. man, you, there's 31 other teams could have offered you the 
twelve million a year you think you're worth. And and people will point out that this doesn't usually work out that way, which is true. I think it's less common in baseball for it to work out. In football, I mean, Chris Myers did that. Chris Myers went out and tested free agency, came back. Kareem? Kareem Jackson did it? That's right, Kareem did it. Oh, I did it one year, too. I always forget that. I did it one year. I said, <laughs> Seth Copeland Payne did it one <laughs> yep, year. Yep, yep, yep. I did it. I was a free agent for like 12 hours. We know that Seth is at best his own third favorite player behind Chris Myers and Kareem Jackson. <laughs> Even <laughs> Seth Payne did it. And he's a, largely a bastard. <laughs> Even funny. egomaniacal. Dude. Oh, look at me. Look at me. I need to be the highest paid. Was... Even Seth... Even Seth Payne sucked up his pride. Uh, I know I had always I had wanted to resign with the Texans. They hadn't just given me an offer because I was coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. So kind of like uh, like when you're coming off of injury, that's when everything gets thrown into limbo. Yeah, and you just nobody knows exactly what people are going to think of you. So I spent twelve. The Texans realized that there was like a lot of interest in me as a free agent. So they finally made an offer, and mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, yeah, finally." <laughs> Jeez. That's exactly what I did. I got Cassidy on the phone and said, uh, hello. <laughs> Seth Copeland. I've been hey. waiting. <laughs> you did your best Rich Eisen. Then I got How have pre- you not offered me a contract? <laughs> and I got up in the press conference, and, uh, and then I railed against Cassidy and Capers. Good. I said, yeah, that's right. I got the bag. Yep. Too late now. I got the papers <laughs> these, right these here. dumbasses didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Did you see... Um, Jalen Ramsey had an interesting post, had an interesting tweet on um, on Friday, well, Friday afternoon, when the news came out about Xavier Howard. Um, kind of took a shot at your former DC, it looks like. What? Yes. What? Vic Fangio, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Ramsey tweets, it was an honor teaming up with the greatest corner in Miami Dolphins history, in my opinion. I won't ever forgive dude for not <laughs> utilizing our full skill set. <laughs> exclamation point yeah. yeah i think dude is vic fangio right i think the thing about ramsey and Xavier howard together is that like you know when they're playing really well they can they can be a couple of the best press man corners in the league and um you know fangio is going to do a lot of stuff where he does kind of like blended zone coverages and stuff that's a little bit more intricate and ornate at times instead of just going out and playing ball and uh, I could see where Jalen Ramsey might not like that, yeah. which is like, ah, it's neither here nor there. It's, um, it's, uh, some guys I I've just seen this over and over again. There's some guys that love playing in a Vic Fangio offense and there's other guys that just absolutely despise it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, that's, that's just a byproduct of him doing some, I don't want to say conservative things, but just like maybe a little bit unconventional. Yeah. yeah. I think I know which side Jalen Ramsey falls on. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> I got a pretty good idea. Um, I, when we did that mock draft last week or when we, we went through that, uh, the athletics, I think it was the athletic beat writer mock draft starting to talk myself into this Cooper DeGene from Iowa, Seth, when it comes to yeah. forget about <laughs> Xavier Howard and Steven Nelson. I'm starting to talk myself into Cooper DeGene. I, uh, I talked myself into him and then talked myself out of it what? over the weekend. And then I just felt like for the matter of just, uh, for the sake of novelty, I feel like we have to, it, there, there hasn't been a white cornerback drafted in the first round since 1969. It's uh, the, the, the Texans could make modern NFL history by drafting yes. a white cornerback. like it. And uh, a lot of times people are like, sometimes people will be like, 
there were white cornerbacks, and right. it's true. It was. It was like even Jason Seahorn was a cornerback. You might not, you might not realize that it he was wasn't just white. Everybody to Andy back in the day, way back in the day. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> was, well, I just, after we got off, I remembered this bit that I had seen by Shane Gillis, the comedian. Yeah. Um, about he starts in on talking about Alabama at the University of Alabama and how like uh, they they integrated. There's this documentary about how they integrated uh, and uh, you know it was very courageous by Bear Bryant. And then he realized, wait a second, this was in 1971. Uh, so the, the it led to this. There were literally people on the moon before Alabama had black guys in their secondary. Does anyone understand? There were white corners. White cornerbacks. You understand how preposterous that is? Some of, some of you are too young to have ever even seen a white corner. They're extinct. They don't exist. There, there's two left at the San Diego Zoo. And they, they, won't, they won't reproduce. You'll never see a white corner. I feel like uh, I feel like Cooper DeGene uh, getting drafted in the first round would be good for race relations in America. Yeah, it's like we just I found a dodo like... bird that's been hiding for a thousand yeah. years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, let's reset. The, let's reset everybody. Let's, yeah. uh, let's uh, not completely reset. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we don't have to go all the way. No, back. no, no. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. Reasonably reset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shane Gillis did SNL this weekend, huh? Yeah, he'd gotten canceled uh, yeah, like five years ago. He got fired. Yeah, like when he said he got canceled, he actually got canceled. Right. Uh, he's not one of these people to claim they got canceled as like their social media following is going. Away. Well, it actually did work out for him pretty well. But he got uh, yeah, so he was back in. I don't even know what all the controversy was about the first time um, or why he got fired or anything. Yeah, yeah. I've just seen uh, like clips of him. And he seems pretty funny. I've I didn't get to watch it. I don't watch much SNL these days. Yeah, but I did get into a Shane Gillis wormhole on YouTube this weekend. Thanks a lot, Seth. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back and watch the skits. I've bookmarked all of them on uh, on X.com to go back and watch. He did a bit uh, that I told you about on when white people stopped being cool yes. in America. Yes. Uh, everybody, listen. See if you can spot the one historical inaccuracy in this one. Okay. White people used to be cool in America. <laughs> Long time ago, dude. The height, the height of white people being cool was us going, we're like, man. That was as cool as we got. We're like, man, see, <laughs> man. And then the day white people stopped being cool, it was Jackie Robinson's first game. You can look it up, dude. You can find it. You can find the radio call from that game online. You can hear the exact moment white people stopped being cool. You can hear the announcers. They still got there like, man. <laughs> Welcome to Chicago, where the White Sox take on the Brooklyn Dodgers. And we all had cool white nicknames. Like, up at the mound is old Curly. He's a 47-year-old alcoholic. He's the greatest athlete alive. Runs a six-second, 40-yard dash. Fastest man alive, they say. Then it happened, dude. And Jackie came up to the plate. You can hear the announcers like, <laughs> Coming up to the plate is Young Codboy from Brooklyn. No way he can hit Curly's pitch. Here comes the pitch. <laughs> Home run. All right. <laughs> that was it, dude. Jackie hit the ball so hard he knocked that voice out of all the whites. Not one of us has talked like that since. Dude, one swing of the bat. We're like, <clears throat> All right, yeah, that was pretty good. That was good. 
was good. It's time for us to focus on computers. <laughs> All right. So let me let me see if I can guess. Yeah. The historical inaccuracy. Is yeah. it that the Dodgers were in the National League and the White Sox were in the American League? Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why he messed that up. Yeah, he was uh, he's an actual sports fan. I yeah. don't know why he is. I'm surprised Cubs. he messed that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but I don't think that was his first game either, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, the joke's the joke. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know, but having said all that, as much as I'd love to be a part of history, I don't actually like Cooper DeGene as the Texans you don't? overall pick now. I feel like he's I, – I feel um, – I really – well, I really, really like the way – um, he's got ball skills. Like he's got very good awareness of it, like exactly uh, how to play the position. He does not really flip his hips really all that fluidly or well. And like I don't trust that he's actually that big enough to be press man. Or like I don't trust that his ability to play press man in college is going to transfer over to the NFL. Um, but I I'm intrigued by him. He's he's fast as hell um, and like runs with power. It's just that it, when it comes to actually playing man versus playing zone, I feel like he's more of a zone corner. And I, and I know the Texans play a whole bunch of zone, but it's nice to have. Uh, it's nice in those uh, those those reps where you do play man to be awesome at playing man. Um, he's not running at the combine this week, right? Did you tell yeah, me he that? He had some last kind week? of an injury at the end. Oh, of the he did. Season. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, so he uh, so he will not be working out this week. That's too bad. That is one I would go out of my way to watch. The white cornerback running a forty. I, I would go. I would have gone out of my way to uh, to watch that one. It's weird, isn't it? Like it's got to be. I the, the, like the, just like it had been with quarterbacks forever with black quarterbacks. Like at the lower levels, they must just. There's got to be a boatload of people that be like, "Well, you look more like a linebacker to me, son," uh, or uh, like a, the, or a running back or something. But like when it comes to like the the racial selection bias yeah. that people have, I'm just surprised that it's so heavily weighted against cornerback. Yeah, that they're time. like, "All right, any position but cornerback," like <laughs> because that's what would happen with quarterbacks forever. Yep, is like, "Well, nah, son, you're more of a wide receiver." You yeah, see? this is how you go. Like maybe cornerback, not quarterback. Yeah, uh, to the point where and then it. You get you keep going up levels, and there's fewer fewer guys to choose from. I, I was just it's weird that it worked out that way. Uh, people weighing in on our conversation in the previous segment about who can threaten the Chiefs. Lamar also played poorly against the Chiefs. He missed every single throw downfield. He was never even close. That is true. Watching that game, I'm like, <clears throat> man, I know that the Ravens just destroyed the Texans last week. Yeah, but I feel like CJ would have dropped at least two or three of those in the bucket that Lamar was. I mean, Lamar was. Awful throwing the ball down. Yeah, that yeah. Game. That I, I guess that's the. I, if you're a Ravens fan, you got to go right back to the old default mode of like, huh? I guess we we just don't know. We just uh, we rejoiced over the te- the Texans victory, and maybe the Texans weren't as good as we thought they were, and then now we just don't know. Yep. Yeah, about yep. Lamar Jackson. I Payne and Pendergast with you on a Monday. We just heard from one of our former colleagues here at Sports Radio six ten, Nick Wright. There's another former colleague of ours that I think an NFL team is trying to erase. From history. We will tell you who that is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, Payne and Pendergast with you. So, Seth, I am uh, I am four episodes in. Those are the, the only four episodes have been dropped out of the ten on this uh, dynasty Documentary they're doing on oh, the Patriots. Yeah, very well done so far. Um, they're starting to they, they they finally started to drift into some areas where if you didn't like the Patriots, you'll enjoy the documentary because they go into Spygate. They go into them losing the Super Bowl to the to the Giants when they were undefeated that year. Um, my biggest gripe with the I have a couple actually gripes with the documentary is through the first four episodes. And we're now beyond the point where he will be showing up at all for the rest of the docu-series. You would not know Ted Johnson ever played a snap for the New England Patriots four episodes in. So this tells me, you're saying based on like actual action shots and everything too? So highlights and what have you? Yes, yes. Uh, There were a lot in those early years on defense. There are zero, and I'm not exaggerating, there are zero individual highlights of Ted doing anything. And we should remind people, Ted was a good player for the Patriots. He started... At linebacker for the Patriots, there are zero individual highlights of Ted Johnson, mm-hmm. and you've got a you've got a squint to find him in maybe a cumulative total of five to ten seconds worth of group shots. Oh, hey guys, really? Teddy J here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's uh, he's been a vocal critic of Bill Belichick he and has. the way he handled both his and other situations. And uh, this tells me that this documentary is a uh, a sanctioned one by the New England Patriots organization. Me too. And they had like actual editorial power over this as well. Mm -hmm. Because even when you do these documentaries, they're going to go through and they're going to find a bunch of stock footage uh, of of highlights from games and everything. And they're going to put the most spectacular things in. They're not going to be they're not going to be going through it with a fine tooth comb to be sure that only certain players are represented or what have you. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. And and some and some people miss man. Yeah. (laughs) It's Ted Johnson. He was a great player. They say. Um, Says in on this one. So. And to be very clear, like they show highlights of some of the more fringe guys in this documentary, like throughout throughout the whole thing as they're showing highlights and and where they are now four episodes in the the Patriots just lost the Super Bowl to the Giants. So that's kind of where we are. So they've still got another decade to do here in the last six episodes. Here's the other thing. 
that tells me the fix is in because the antithesis of Ted Johnson in Patriot lore is Teddy Bruschi, who is like one of the biggest Belichick kiss asses in the in the history of the organization. Belichick wouldn't stop crying when uh, they announced Teddy Bruschi's retirement. Yeah, Teddy Bruschi acted as his own agent and uh, like always took a discount. Dude, he cared about the team. Supposedly. They. You would think he was Dick Butkus or that he was running yeah. for governor of Massachusetts or something. As much as they, the vignettes, he gets interviewed a ton in this thing. Yeah. And one of the things they show is right after Spygate, you know, Spygate kind of came to light at the beginning of that 2007 season, that very first game against the Jets in 2007, where Mangini ratted out Belichick to the league. Yeah. And there was all kinds of turmoil swirling around the Patriots. And the Patriots proceeded to go out kick everybody's ass 52 to nothing for like the next month. And they show Brewski doing the breakdown in the locker room after one of the games. You know, normally you go like family on three or, you know, Patriots on three or one, two, three win. Brewski gets up there, all hands in the air, all together. And he goes, who loves playing for Bill Belichick? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> everything Ted Johnson said you are. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to throw my drink at the TV. <laughs> Who loves playing for something to that effect? Like, you know, a Belichick on three or something stupid like that. Uh, brutal, 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 brutal. I had a friend that, uh, that knew him from back in the day that said that, uh, yeah, Brewski went full board into just a different guy after he be, uh, gained fame with the Patriots. Wasn't the same guy he was in college. Uh, Served him yeah. well. I mean, he's got a yeah. nice gig on ESPN. Like if that I mean if that's your goal, if your goal is to get a prominent spot on ESPN on their NFL coverage, victory for Teddy Bruschi. It's just like <laughs> Belichick on 3. Or, Belichick. Oh yeah, who loves playing for <laughs> Bill Belichick? I that's felt like half the weird. guys are like, really, bro? Okay. so, like, conspicuously oh. kiss-assy. Oh, wow. Like, over-the-top kiss-assy. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Can I tell it's you? Like some, there's ways to feature linebackers. Yeah. You know? There's ways to, there's ways to feature linebackers. Yep. <laughs> um, can, t- can I tell you one other thing that annoyed me about this, the most recent episode of this thing, is that Michael Strahan got a lot of running. And I like Michael Strahan fine. He's good. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have no issue with Strahan, except for this. Strahan in these vignettes and the interviews was acting like the Giants were America's adopted team in the Super oh, really? Bowl in 2007. Because, like, because they were the one that had the chance to topple the great demons bingo. that were the... Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, let's not exaggerate like how nauseating it is for most of the country to have to root for New York in any... And by the way, I wasn't rooting for the Giants. I was... I, I, you know who I was rooting for in that game? I was rooting for the Patriots so those damn 72 Dolphins would get the hell out of my life. You know, like every year, the 72 Dolphins, there's like four of them left now, but like they crack a bottle of champagne when the last team loses. I like, they're more annoying than either of those two teams. So I was rooting for the Patriots just to get rid of the Miami Dolphins in 1972. So you could, so you could watch a new group of people toast every time. Yes. The last undefeated team So I could watch a new group of people toast every time. Yes. I've softened on that, by the way. I used to think that was like a really petty thing. And then a lot of those guys would explain. I was like, no, we're just kind of celebrating. We're taking it as a moment to celebrate that we still have that really special team record. And I appreciated that. I still will. I'll never let go of my hatred for Mr. Irrelevant, like that designation. Because that was all. That was like some. That was some like stupid sleazy real estate developer in Florida that came up with that idea as a promotion to basically take what could be a. 
a nice day in a kid's life and turn it into like, oh, you're the loser that's going to get cut. But here, have a trip to Disney World anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I that, think- that, that award can go die. I agree. I think but it's just like the guy who invented it is already dead. I'm glad <laughs> right. of it. Yeah. I think it's half the reason Brock Purdy gets the criticism he does. If he was just a seventh round pick, this is a normal garden variety. If he was the second round, to last player in the draft. If he was anything the last other than Mr. Irrelevant, I think he would get like 25% less of the criticism that he does. Mm-hmm. But the Mr. Irrelevant label, I think, is something that uh, amps it up a little bit for people. It was more, it meant more back when it was a 12 round draft. Because yeah. it was, there was way more, you know, not a lot of 12th rounders necessarily made it. No. But even then, I thought it was BS. Um, text message. Good morning, guys. Would you all be against giving Josh Jacobs the Saquon type of deal instead? Where are you on the Josh I, Jacobs I, I like Josh Jacobs just in that I like his style and his attitude better than Saquon Barkley. Or Saquon Barkley almost feels like a throwback to a different era when there was such a thing as a prima donna running back. Uh, he wants everything to be just right, and then he'll take it to the house, where Josh Jacobs will hit you upside the head. And uh, Josh Jacobs will still like lower his shoulder and grind. I, I like that about him. The thing that he has uh, that I have an issue with, just like Saquon Barkley, is that they're young running backs who have both had injury issues. And on a second, like just statistically, most of those guys are going to fail as, uh, as signees, the running backs themselves. They just fall off a cliff. The thing about Derrick Henry that I like is that he's already proven that he's incredibly durable. He's been better than Saquon Barkley as a runner in each of the past five seasons. Head-to-head, every single season, include the season that, that Derrick Henry was injured, he was better than Saquon Barkley as a runner that year. Mm-hmm. And, and Saquon Barkley has fallen off as a, as a receiver in the last couple of years, too. So I just, like, I'm not, I'm not really keen on paying big money to Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. I think that, I think that Derrick Henry won't get a lot of money because he's 31, 30 years old. But he's also been very durable and has been way better. Like these last five years, he's been way better on average than Saquon Barkley. So I like, and he's and he's proven that he's durable. It's kind of like if you have a car that's made it to two hundred thousand miles and you've had hardly any issues with it. Do you feel better about that car for the next twenty five thousand miles than say a car that's at seventy thousand miles and you've had a boatload of issues with right, it already? Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's how I feel about Saquon. Jacobs hasn't had as many issues as Saquon. And Saquon's tricky because even when you look at the total number of games played, it doesn't do service to how often injuries have affected him. Yeah. Because he's just been – he doesn't play well when he's injured either. That annoys me. Yeah. Like if you're going to be a good – if you're going to be a really genuinely good running back, you got to play well when you're injured, and he doesn't. I just – I've got no appetite for Saquon Barkley. I feel like he – he's the epitome of an attitude that's hard to shake in this town. Which is that, um, like, oh, give me the bling. Give me, oh, give me the guy whose name I know. That's the guy for me. That's the, that's the epitome of that bad thing. That feels like a you won March signing. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm joking about the attitude that's hard to shake in this town. That's right, right, right. Amongst most people. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, man, two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, I believe, is the day that the legal tampering can begin. March oh, the 11th. I'm sorry. One more thing about Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Was just that he's been very, very good in an outside zone run based system. Yes. Like, like that's what Arthur Smith had when they were there. At, like, that's what really sprung Derrick Henry was him running in, a, in an outside zone based offense. Um, in in a lot of ways, I think Derrick Henry can not just be good as a running back, but also be good as kind of a catalyst for getting everybody on the right page. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's just a lot more cooperation and teamwork and 
like cohesiveness demanded between the offensive line, the quarterback, and the running back in that scheme than there is in in old school gap and man schemes. And I, I think Henry would be really helpful in that regard. And I don't think he's going to get as much money as Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. I don't either. I I, I don't either. I think he's going to be cheaper. Um, and and maybe fewer years too. Like that that feels like one you could get on a one year deal, Derrick Henry. Um. I think the other thing too, Saquon, like I hear the Saquon Christian McCaffrey thing a lot be, and I think it's mostly because both guys are able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Both guys were highly drafted. Um, The Texans are aspiring to be offensively. I think what the San Francisco 49ers have been over the last course of the last several years, I, I think comparing Saquon Barkley to Christian McCaffrey, I think is a little disrespectful to Christian McCaffrey, the running back. I think McCaffrey is, perfect fit for the scheme. I think he's a tough runner. He is really like, like, I think he is a tougher runner than Saquon Barkley is. I think they're both really dynamic with the ball in their hands in the open field. I think they both certainly bring that element where they can catch the ball yeah. out of the backfield on various different, you know, not just necessarily screens or quick hitters out to the flat, but I think you could move guys. You can move either of them into the slot too and just put kind of like the Texans used to do with Arian Foster just to put teams on their heels a little bit because they're that skilled catching the football. But I, I don't think Saquon Barkley is is in. I think he's good, but I I don't think he's in Christian McCaffrey's league as a as an act as a running back, a toter of the rock. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and it really is like I, I would just encourage anybody just go ahead and just look at his stats over the past five years. Just like just take a look at just exactly how erratic his performance has been and what you expect to get out of him when he's had like in the last five years he's had one genuinely impressive season. In the last five years, like, and you're so you want a running back on his second contract. That's the guy that you think that is going to be a bell cow for you for the next three years. I really just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yep. I, if you want to make excuses for him because he played on a bad team in in New York, uh, all right, fine. Like, I don't think he was part of the problem of steadfastly making them better either. All right, are we finally at this stage? R.I.P. NCAA. Something big happened last week. We might be at the RIP stage with the NCAA. We will uh, we will discuss next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. 
right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Back-to-back texts. Saquon oh, no. Barkley is not in the same league as Christian McCaffrey. I agree with you. Yeah. Next text. Y'all some Barkley haters. He carried them two years ago. Uh, no, he was, good to, he was good to yeah, carry them to a playoff. Carried him to what? Like, honestly, yeah. when he wasn't healthy, yeah. they fell, which he's not a lot. And they were a good team. They just like they they went on fumes into the playoffs and yep. got like they had one nice playoff performance. Mm-hmm. That was it. They they got lucky uh, beating a, a fraudulent Minnesota team, and then and then that was it. Like they weren't good. Yeah, carried them. Does a win over Kirk Cousins in the playoffs actually count as a win? Just <laughs> when you play Kirk Cousins in either prime time or in the postseason, and you beat him, does it does it really even count? All right, Texter. I don't think we're haters on Barkley. It just 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 because you don't just, like him, and I'm saying you, yeah. Seth. I mean, I kind of am, but like I'm me too. Just because we're not as high on him as others are, doesn't mean we hate him. I, I know. I just honestly like what if like we know this like time and time again for years now. It's been wow. Don't give a don't give a running back his second contract because man, the vast majority of the time they disappoint. They end up injured. Everything. And then you take Saquon Barkley, who's been nothing but banged up, injured, erratic, and inconsistent in the last five seasons. We had one genuinely good season out of the last five years, and I just, I'm trying to figure out exactly why he's the apple of so many people's eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you're so excited about, about a guy who's been so inconsistent. Yep. I, I just don't get it. And who doesn't, like, particularly, like, even when he's healthy – he doesn't give you that churning like, oh, hell yeah, this guy's going to get me three or four yards at least every single time. It's a whole lot of boomer bust with him. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. The, um, and the, that, which means the Texans are probably going to sign him and then I'm going to have to be a grumpy SOB. I, no, you know what? Six I'm, months. I, I am confident that they're going to make good moves. I, I am, yeah. I, I'm, I'm confident in this regime. The combination of Nick and D'Amico and the staff behind the scenes, like I, they did really well in free agency this past year. There, there, there. I don't think there were any signings in free agency. Man, some worked out better than others did, but I think, I think they did a really good job. I'm confident that they're going to do the right thing. Um, the, the, the whole thing about Saquon Barkley that year that uh, people somehow remember is like some kind of magical season or something. Um, they like Saquon Barkley after he had a really good game versus the Texans, and he had been good in the first half of that season. He ended up not rushing for a hundred yards the rest of that season. Yeah. His high point was 87, but he had like a 22-yard performance, a 28-yard performance. Like it was, he was just, he was not performing well down the stretch there. And then they had that one playoff victory, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, I, I have a hard time thinking Giants fans thought that that was some kind of a magical season. No, they, they, they had three losses and a tie in the four games immediately following the Texans yeah. and then just won a couple, won two of their last four to make the playoffs. They started the season like seven and two. But yeah. there were some real sketchy wins in there. Like you could see the second half of that season. I think they finished nine, seven, and one, something like that on the season. So yeah, you you could kind of see it coming. Um, the NCAA. Are we gonna be having a moment of silence for the NCAA pretty soon here? There was a ruling that was made in a federal court in Tennessee, Seth, late last week, granting a preliminary injunction in a lawsuit attacking the NCAA's rules regarding NIL payments. Specifically, oh man, we're on the we're on the cusp of chaos. This is going to be fun. The NCAA cannot punish athletes or boosters for negotiating NIL deals in the recruiting process, whether the athlete is a high school athlete picking his first school or whether he or she is in the transfer portal. So basically now, 
and we know it's kind of going on anyways. But the NCAA has take, had all their teeth and claws removed now. They can take money from anybody, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yes, uh, that they want as part the of the recruiting process. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, it, it's one of these things that it was a long time coming, and that there has been something fundamentally both. I don't illegal is not the right word because it was allowed under the law, but it shouldn't have been, uh, you know, because you're restricting people's right to make a living while simultaneously claiming, no, your pay is your education. Like, well, okay, but you're, but you're not treating it like that's actual pay. So how come I'm not allowed to go out and make money elsewhere using my name and what have you? Um, I don't know. Does this, uh, is this death to the NCAA or does it just mean that like they completely, they're, they're completely shut out of any kind of control on the financial side. Well, the, I mean, yeah, there's probably other things that they're – the other rules they're there to administer. Um, it, I mean, it's a pretty close to a death blow on the NI, on then having any teeth in the NIL world for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I, I think, guess – you know what it is though, Sean? Mm-hmm. I guess the, the, if it was two years ago and you said, hey, this is how it's going to be now – I would have felt like that was way more drastic where now we're now we're already deep into NIL and it feels like, okay, this is just a continuation of how it already is. Maybe with a few less caveats. I actually think this makes it, I I think this makes it more likely that coaches like Nick Saban, you know, who retired, a lot of these older coaches are retiring because they don't feel like dealing with this stuff. I feel like this ruling would actually make it more enticing for older coaches to stay because this puts everything, this puts all the cards on the table. There's no Fugazi ruling body that's threatening you with some sort of punishment over yeah. running afoul of their rules. Like, now we know. It's a business. We have a collective at our school. And, I mean, you can literally hire employees to just run the collective. It's like, run, it's like hi- hiring a capologist in the NFL. There still has to be a separation uh, I guess you know what it is. Is uh, it still feels like something the NCAA can get in trouble for, even if or teams can get in trouble for stuff that maybe they don't have control over necessarily. Yeah, um, which is probably scary. But, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see if there's a moment of silence for the NCAA. I think the I look the NIL. I don't think most fans would really give a damn about the NIL, other than that. Yeah, there's going to be competitive balance issues and everything. There always have been, and maybe it'll become more extreme. You could also argue that maybe some of the the the, the lesser teams will actually have something to fight with now um, in getting some of the star players. Whatever, it's the transfer portal more than anything. It's the combination that, that feels of the two. Like it's, yeah, you yeah, know? right. The transfer portal. And you dump kerosene on it with like not Cash. only is the kid allowed to transfer, but yeah, this school can this kid that just played awesome at your smaller school as a freshman now has actual financial opportunities to split to USC. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the it's big free deal. agency. Yeah, it's I mean yeah. it's it, it it is. I uh, anything, boy, the NIL is the. Uh, I look. It's turning me into a grumpy old man, and at the same time. I feel like this is exactly uh, this is exactly the rights the kids should have. Absolutely, and yet and yet there's a part of me that's also a grumpy old man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm I'm the same way. Um, Larry is in Stafford. Got thoughts on the running back position for the Houston Texans? Larry, how we doing, man? <laughs> hey, we're doing good, man. Thanks for letting me get in. Hey, I just wanted to uh, touch on a couple of things on that NIL. Isn't Tennessee right now under some NCAA investigation? Yes. For doing that exact thing with a high school player or something, giving letting him get NIL money of eight million dollars or something. Yep. And I, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I I truly believe that these guys should be able to you know benefit off their name or whatever because they make so much money for the university. 
But where I have a, a, a justification against it is that there has to be some kind of regulation to it, man. I mean, because if, if, there, if, if that's going to be the case, then you might as well say the NCAA is not is it, a professional league at this point if they're going to just let everybody just continue to get paid this enormous amount of money to play what they're supposed to be amateur athletics. So that's my only issue with it. I don't have a problem with them getting paid. I just have a problem with that. Some of it has to be regulated to the point where it just can't be the wild, wild West man and everybody doing, but I wanted to touch on a couple other things. Xavier Howard versus Steven Nelson. You take Xavier Howard all day. Steven Nelson's 31 too. Xavier Howard is 31, but I think Xavier Howard has made more pro bowls or been all pro more than Steven Nelson has. And he yeah. has a better, he has a better feel for the game in terms of being a lockdown corner than Steven Nelson. And I, I'll, I'll take Howard because just the fact that you can bring him home and give him an opportunity to rehabilitate what happened in uh, uh, Miami with Fangio or whatever, I think he'll be more excited to play back at the crib on that. Now, I called to get at Seth a little bit about the Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley thing. Seth, we come on these airways a lot of times, and we say that when a running back has over 300 carries in the season, that's the danger zone. Now, Derrick Henry has had it, I think, three times, where he's carried the ball over 300 yards, I mean, over 300 carries, versus Saquon, I think, maybe got 295 one time. But here's the thing that I don't I, – well, what I like about Saquon versus Derrick is this. Saquon played with a laundry list of quarterbacks not named Eli Manning. It was Jake Fromm, Mike Glennon, Davis Webb, Tyrod Taylor, Tony DeVito, and Daniel Jones. If you put Saquon in the backfield with a quarterback like C.J. Stroud where he allows the play action to become a real thing and he catches the ball out of the backfield, I think that you can get something out of Saquon, not the Christian McCaffrey level, but you can get something dynamic where it's a little bit better than what we're getting, what we got out of uh, Singletary. And I think that just with Saquon, it's just the fact that, like Sean said, that he was the second-round pick. You have to believe that there's something there in terms of his speed and his catching ability. That's the only thing. Whether they take Saquon or not, I'm in the corner of you draft Jonathan Brooks or Trey Benson, and you let him become your backup running back until he's ready to take over the road. But I think it's going to be a fun offseason because, like y'all said, I think the regime over there with D'Amico and Nick, they have a plan of how they want to do things, and they're going to bring in guys that's going to fit their program. And we need a runner that's a zone runner that can help CJ when he gets in trouble in terms of when they start stacking the line. Other than that, man, it's going to be a fun offseason, and I'm ready to watch this combine and I'll haul. All right, thanks, Larry. Appreciate that. Um. So I want to start Xavier Howard, Larry said, bring him back. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm against Larry's rationale for bringing back Xavier and Howard. Too much sentimentality in there. <laughs> wait, 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 where was the uh, sentimentality? You can bring him back to Houston. He'll be inspired oh, because okay. he'll be playing back at home I, and whatnot. I, I'm open to it. Um, the, the biggest thing would be just, again, I think that Steven Nelson's probably going to command far less money. I I feel like somebody's going to throw stupid money at Xavier Howard. Like if if apples to apples, I would prefer Xavier Howard if it was a similar contract. And if that's what it ends up being, if Steven Nelson goes somewhere and gets the exact same contract as Xavier Howard goes somewhere, I'll be very surprised. I think there's people that are still way, willing to pay for Xavier Howard's upside. Um, but he's been very injured, and it's affected his play over the last few years. Whereas I know Steven Nelson's been banged up a good amount, but he's but he hasn't missed many games at all. Right. Um, and he's been a solid performer. I think that it's just a better deal 
with Steven Nelson and then it'll be for Xavier Howard. And if that's even like if Xavier Howard plays the same way he did the past couple of years at the money that I think he's going to command, that's a big whiff by the Texans. That's what makes me nervous about that. Yeah. It's not, I like, I like the upside of Xavier Howard more, but like this is the time of year when you're out there competing sometimes with a few teams that are willing to spend stupid money on bad decisions. And I don't want to be in that group of people. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't get to bring the Pro Bowls with him. That is what I would say. You know, like yeah, he's made more Pro Bowls than Steven Nelson. When you line up in 2024, you know, the the Pro Bowls you got in Miami uh don't matter. Um Larry's in the Saquon train it sounds like. Yeah. I I mean, I get it. I just I think there's an allure and there's a highlight reel element to Saquon Barkley that people fall in love with and sometimes that's what happens. Almost and it's almost even more so when a guy like that plays on a bad team because you don't watch a whole lot of Giants games and you just see the highlights and the yeah. good stuff with Saquon Barkley and you don't necessarily Barkley and you don't necessarily uh, watch him down in and down out. I'd be curious, you know, you know I got to talk to some Giants people today and find out about how Giants fans feel exactly about whether or not how much they should be paying. Patrick Saquon Creighton, Barkley. he'd be a good resource on that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got ties up to uh, he's got I, ties look, up to New York. I'm, I fall firmly in the camp of people that don't give a damn about how much running backs get paid. I don't think they should get paid a lot of money because they get injured way too much. Um, the thing about Derrick Henry is that he's been remarkably resilient and durable. You talk about the, the total number of touches and everything. Yeah, he's faced that challenge and actually thrived and motored on through it, mm-hmm. whereas Saquon Barkley gets injured a lot. And when he's injured and playing, it affects him. You can tell when he's injured. I don't like that either. Yep. Um, quick text message. Funny you want to give Henry a contract, but you're against Mike Evans because of age. Sir, do you think we're talking about giving the same contract to Derrick yeah. Henry as we would Mike Evans? You're- Plus, yeah, that's no gotcha. I've already explained that 10 times over. The Texans have starting wide receivers. Do you know how many starting running backs the Texans have right Zero. now? Zero. Zero. Damian Pierce is the only running back on the roster. So, no. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I reject your gotcha. Mm-hmm. That was a stupid point. I retract your retraction. Yes. Um, John Lopez is here. Landry Locker strolling in. What's going on, fellas? Hello. Do you have a nice weekend? Sean and Seth. I just looked at you and I realized I owe you, I owe you a phone call. <laughs> oh, that's I just cool. realized that. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. Saturday. Okay. My bad. Owe me a lot more. Call you that. later. Yeah. I'll call yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> big issues with you. Yeah. Big issues with you. Um, did you guys have a good weekend? Fantastic weekend. Yeah, good. Uh, although there I was Friday, took the day off out on the water, yeah. puttering around on my boat. Catching some fish, having a great day, beautiful Trolling. sun, and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up, and I'm like, Why? what is this all about? And so I just keep fishing. I ignore everything. Uh, get back to my travel trailer and listen to uh, <laughs> Pain and Pendergast. Yeah. And I'm like, well, dang. <laughs> well, you use the word epitome, and you I think that's this a, the epitome of everything yeah. that's wrong in Houston. Oh, you'll yeah. hear it again. <laughs> Oh, you will hear it again. <laughs> That's true. You didn't get your shot at re- you, are, re- you almost acted like, you know what I took that as, John? It felt like you're the epitome of people in Houston who don't want to act like we're the Dallas Cowboys and uh, just been, been run the team like Jerry Jones. Like, oh, that's a big name. I know that one. But let me spend lots of money there. Yeah. Like I said, have gonna, I mentioned that you'll us, hear it again? You're going to ask us. To, <laughs> really, next, you're going to say they should fire D'Amico and hire some cuck to, <laughs> to, that, 
that Cal will be able to boss around as a coach. Oh, boy, I can't wait for 11 a.m. <laughs> 11, is that what's <laughs> happening? All right, good. Noted. Noted. How you doing, Landry? I'm great, man. Yeah. I'm fantastic. It looks like you had a good time out of cook-off. On man, that, I, I, was, I was wrong about uh, Old Midland, man. I, I, that oh, yeah? song annoyed the hell out of me because I just thought it was one of those like pandering things. Nah, he's about that life. My <laughs> man is about that life. He was ticked, too. It was like so awesome because they were having technical difficulties. All he was doing was complaining the whole time. <laughs> and he was just chugging beers. I had him sign my boot. That's how much of a fan he you was. Did? He signed yeah, my damn boot, You'll hear man. about that during Confessions, too. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your fun. panties up there too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Landry's throwing undergarments up on the stage. I don't know. In the I don't know. Just I didn't the see the whole man. video. Only time I wear the boot is at the uh, at the rodeo. Okay. I did not see the whole video. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Good. All right, fellas. Well, um, we look forward to today's edition of In the Loop. This oh, is cross. He's palming out the mouth, man. Crosstalk. Who, John? Yeah, he's yeah. ready. Oh, he's ready to go. Oh, he's ready for eleven. Oh, okay. All right. I gotta go. All I wanted up. to do was catch more trout. I just. All I wanted to do was <laughs> catch more trout. Me- Called us the epitome. Yeah. Oh, you will hear it again. Yeah, okay. Okay, just give me time to pick up some popcorn at the grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 